I'm Peter Jones, and welcome to the Foyne Jones Show. This podcast will be combining personality, passion, and our love of football, alongside industry and recruitment news. Our amazing guests will share their personal stories and also explain what they get up to when they're not at work. Welcome to the very first episode of Series 2. How are you feeling, co-host Lara? It's exciting, isn't it? I'm ready and raring to go. Lara Harrison is ready and raring to go as we launch the second series of the Foy and Jones Show. I can't actually believe I've got my podcast through one series and we're going to be going again. It's going to be better, it's going to come back with more guests, and I'm delighted today in the dark, wet and grey of Sussex, by the sea, or in the beautiful town of Lewis, to have two very, very special guests... I've got Tim and Nick from Keller Kitchens. How are you doing, gents? Good morning, Thank Peter. You. Good morning, Lara. Hello, hello. Welcome to Foy and Jones Towers. Now, this is not the longest of journeys for you, Nicholas Heater, is it? No, it's uh, 15 minutes, but I did come via Maidstone. OK, all right, all right, all right. That's, that, <laughs> makes, that makes it acceptable. And there's a, there's a little story we'll share about how me and Nick know each other. But, Tim, a little bit further for yourself, mate. Your, uh, your passport country. Uh, yes, I am, yes. Uh, up in the, uh, the Pennine Hills there in uh, Saddleworth, I hail from these days. So, uh, so near Ma- Ma- Manchester original. It's like a bad joke, isn't it? We've got, you know, we've got one from London, one from, two from Sussex and one from Manchester in a room. It's, it's <laughs> like a bad joke. So, so we, we're, trying, we're, trying bring it, we're trying to bring this to life in a better way than that. Um, you guys are, are both from Keller Kitchens and you're going to be telling us all about the business and you're going to be telling us about yourselves. What we do in this podcast is we try and humanise you. We want to bring your personalities to life and, and get under the surface of you know your, your profile on LinkedIn and get, get under the surface of what that means to work there. So I think from, uh, from my perspective, I, I know why you're here, but I'm going to share this with the listeners. So you ready for this, Laura? I'm ready. You're ready. Okay. So, Tim, we'll go with you first. Okay. Um, Imagine you have the you have Wembley Stadium in front of you, and we're saying, Tim, <laughs> introduce yourself. Who are you, mate? What are you do? Wow. Mm. <laughs> uh, well, I'm Tim Spam. I'm the new national sales manager for for Keller uh, Kitchens, uh, and uh, I am in the job for just two months. Um, prior to that, uh, I spent the last eighteen years uh, with the Teka uh, appliance sink tap brand. Uh, so hence that's where I came into the uh, the, this in the, the kitchen industry uh, but I was approached by Keller uh, a few months ago with a view to uh, working on a new project with them to help um, increase the sales and increase the visibility of, 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 of Keller and after meeting the people uh, I, uh, I snatched at it with two hands because mm-hmm. it seems like it's a great opportunity. So two, two months in National Sales Manager, and here you are at Foyne Jones Towers, bearing your soul to our listeners. <laughs> Absolutely. Quite five minutes, well done, well done mate, well yeah, done yeah. making that yeah. happen, there you go. No, no, yeah. no pressure when yeah. Nick first mentioned this yeah. to me, my first answer was yeah. no. Yeah, I bet, bet it was no when he thought it was just going to be about kitchens, but when he said he could bring his football team into it, I bet it changed. You've got me there. You got me there. There is a method, Lara, behind the madness. Still enjoying your football? I mean, me? Um, yeah. yeah, I mean, I, I kind of... How did they get on last night? I mean, I think they won. They did win, well yeah. done, yes. well done. nailed well done. it. Yeah, I drummed this into my staff. They, they, they've got to feel the pain, do you know what I mean? But uh, So, okay, Tim, great intro. And we are going to get onto your football team. Your shirt, the colour of your shirt gives that oh, away. Yeah. Um, we're going to get on to your football team in a little while. But 
Mr. Heater. Yes. Tell us about you. Uh, Nick Heater. I am a sales agent for Keller Kitchens. I've been doing that for three years. I've been in the kitchen industry for 25 years. Started my career creator. Nine very happy years working for Neff. Um, and the last seven years I've been selling worktops. But uh, Keller is my main love, I guess you could say. Okay, so so that, that that's kind of the, that, that's kind of the work life, all right? So we've got that. Um, let's talk about about you as human beings and, and as and as people. So, Tim, you're passionate about a football club, aren't you? Do you want do you want to share that with us? Your 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 team, the history, how that happened? Yeah, it's it's the champions, the Premiership champions, uh, Manchester City, uh, of course. But I'm not uh, a glory hunter in that I'm not one <laughs> of these that's turned on to supporting Manchester City in recent years. Uh, I'll probably give my age away uh, slightly when I tell you that the first game I went to see was in 1968, but it just so happens it was the last game of the season uh, against Newcastle, and that year we won, at that game, we won the First Division Championship. Uh, so I, from that moment onwards, became uh, a Manchester City supporter. Fantastic. Uh, I have a young son who comes to the games with me, and I have to relate to this, he's 12 years old. And I saw him cry at a football game recently. Uh, we played Spurs in the quarter-final of the Champions League last year. And I turned around and he had tears in his eyes for the first time. And I said to him, I said, son, uh, what, why are you crying? These are happy days. This is, you know, we've got all these great players and all this investment in the club and everything. He said, Dad, but I thought we were going to win the Champions League. We're not going to win anything. I said, son, I've just spent 34 <laughs> years of my life where we won yeah. nothing. So I wanted to make the point, I'm not a glory hunter. No, and, 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 and we'll come on to that because I think that's important. Nick, Nick's been doing me on the football history. He, <laughs> he, he, mentioned, he, mentioned, he mentioned on, the, on one of the LinkedIn updates, you know, he's a, he's, he's a, he's a West Ham fan because um, they beat Fulham in the cup final. Correct. Yeah. Absolutely. There you go. Do you know what I mean? You're not even ashamed to yeah. say it, are you? I am an original glory hunter. Yeah. <laughs> I was going to say, but be, be, being, being, being in Sussex countryside, beautiful Sussex Downs, the bow bells must have been really loud that day. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I have been to see Brighton play when they, back in the 76, 77, when they were really good at the old Goldstone. They were good days, but I've always been a West Ham fan, and it's been a lot of thin... Really, it's been. I, I appreciate you supporting Fulham because I'm similar kind of thing. The best times for West Ham have always been when they've been relegated. We West, we West Ham United, we play on the floor. You know, that's a, we try and play on the floor. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We try uh, and that's kind of nice that's kind of thing. But again, it's one of those romantic teams, West Ham, isn't it? I mean, people look at them unless you're Millwall. Most people look at them in a in sort of an admirational way. Yeah, that's only because they can beat us. Maybe. Yeah. Like, but it's not like being a Fulham fan, everyone likes you really. Apart from maybe Britain and yeah, yeah. Most people just go, oh, that's all right. It's okay. <laughs> you're nice. Oh, lovely club by the river. Oh, it's nice there, you know. Oh, really friendly. No, I want it to be horrible, intimidating. I want us to win, but we can't manage to do that. It's a proper club for them, though, isn't it? Yeah, we're, 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 we're a nice little club that probably are still punching above their weight, really. We did rebuild a fan base in the Premier League years, you know, under our five. We did rebuild a fan base. Um, and it's yeah, you know, I've I've had some magical women talk about kids. I've you know, I never dreamt Fulham and Juventus would be on the same scoreboard, let alone beat them over two legs. And you know, I took my boys to that match when they were young, we went to the Oak League final, you know, they've they've been there, they share it. The one of the last uh, last season we all had a, a lovely trip up to uh, the Etihad. Oh yes. We was in the Malmazan Hotel. <laughs> yeah, you know, Malmazan, if you want to sponsor the show, you can. But um, we were we were in the Malmazan Hotel. Oh, you can I walk to the ground from there. Yeah, uh, we got cab. Uh, I'll tell you a story because it's interesting. But um, 
I'll tell you the cab story in a minute, but what I want to say to you is that that evening I was uh, with Man City legend at the bar. I was with Ricky the Hitman Hatton. Oh, yeah. And, and he made me guess three times who this man was he was sitting with, telling me he played for Man City. Didn't give me no era. The bloke did not look like a footballer. It was Georgie Kinkatsi. Oh, really? But yeah, I mean, he's, he's, put, he's small, put a bit of weight on. He's, like, he's, he's put a bit of weight on. He's smiling. He doesn't look like the little Georgie Kinkatsi look. Wow. That was so. So I'm there, I'm there with a the hitman. I'm there with them, and as Nick knows, my eldest son does not stop talking. Gets it off his mind, right? <laughs> so, what, what love? Why is it fun? I actually got a story about George, George King Classic. Um, I was driving through Hale, the leafy lanes of Hale, where mm. many of the footballers live, and I happened upon a, a roundabout where there was a Ferrari and a Porsche had crashed into each other. And it was only Georgie King Cladzi and Nicky Summerby. Really? Who were both playing for Man City and I drove well, around. They, they crashed into each other. They were racing <laughs> around a roundabout and they crashed into each other. So I've I've had the pleasure yeah. of meeting King Cladzi. He's uh, it was it was guy. surreal though, because I, I came down from the from the room and I couldn't find Harry any I don't know where he was, do you know what I mean? And he's at the he's oh, I'm over here now, I'm over here. And he's like, he's like, he's just talking to Ricky Hatton like he's known him all his life. And then there's that's and, so Harry. And he's like, and he's like, like and, yeah. And, and yeah, but it was there. But, but the, the big point of that, and, and we did get a cab. I know you can walk, but we're lazy. You know, we got no, a cab. But as we were getting in, a, a Main City fan jumped in. He jumped in. He said, oh, "Can I jump in with your boys?" And it was like, "Yeah, of course you can." There was different groups going, so he jumped in with us. And as he sat down, he's oh, you're like Fulham, and you know, just just like you did, everyone else car. And, and Harry actually said to him, I know Harry listens to this, mentioned him more than me, Lara, it's not right, is it? But he actually said to him, Mate, I've got to ask you a question. He said, did you prefer it, like, when you were rubbish, or do you prefer it now? You know, and he, and he, he just said, he said, oh, that's a bit, bit rude, Harry. He said, no, it's a big question, I want to ask you. And the fellow went, Mate, he said, like, in his real, you know, professional mank accent, this yeah. guy, he's like, you know, proper Liam Gallagher in his talk. He's like, you know, <laughs> I won't embarrass myself trying to, but he's like, oh, I prefer it when we were down in the lower leagues getting beat every week. He said, I had something to moan about. He, he was like, <laughs> and he was like, but that, that's a bit of a thing, isn't it? At, yeah. at Man City. Yeah, it, 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 like it the is. Old and new. Yeah, everybody harps back to the main road here yeah. and the Kipax and the, when we built the new Nordstan and, and and all of that. And I think the seventies, uh, when City were having successes, when you know when we won a few cups around the early seventies and and, and and mid seventies, there was no better place to be. But in all honesty, when I go back to the the, the era when we were as low as the, the, the second division, it wasn't my happiest time. Uh, I did go to all games uh, and 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 went through that playoff through game. Thick and thin. That playoff one game. No, I missed the playoff game. Sadly, I that was that was like Aguero like drama before Aguero drama existed, wasn't it? Yeah, I, I, absolutely. I mean that that was uh, a major turning point for us, and uh, I've. I've been lucky enough to meet one or two of the players from from that era, and one that, that have, I've met on a few occasions. Paul Dickoff yeah. was a major uh, reason why we. Uh, he got the goal, didn't he? He got the goal, yeah, yeah. Mm. yeah. Do you know, you talk about you talk about. I mean, I've I've had the pleasure of seeing Fulham lose at Main Road. I've had the pleasure of seeing Fulham lose at the Etihad. I mean, we that's the two obviously the Premier League last season. I mean, we played well for seventeen seconds. We kept the ball. <laughs> we kept the ball for seventeen seconds, and then that was it. I think it ended up about six 0 I can't. It was it was. Demoralising, you know, when a team are that good. But Nick, let's come up to West Ham, mate. Let's, let's, yeah, let's, let's not to. leave you out. Let's not leave. What do you want to talk about, Lewis FC? Look, we've got some Lewis stuff here. Mighty Lewis, we played played yesterday, last, yeah. last minute goal. No, talk about West Ham. I just, you know, I've been sporting forty-four years, but I will never step foot in their new ground mm. because I'm a bowling ground man. Mm. That's the thing I like about Fulham is they play a proper ground, which is intimidating. You don't go to the Olympic Stadium. 
people have popcorn and you're about three miles from the pitch, it's not. That's not West Ham way. Have you seen them at all? Do you go watch them away? Have you been recently? No. I don't, even, I don't even watch them on TV because yeah. I hate... I will watch them on Match of the Day if I've known mm. they won. I will never I will never watch them live because I just sit behind the sofa. Results-wise, though, I mean, decent start to the season at West Ham, isn't it? Well, once we got over the 5-0 thrashing by Man City, the first game yeah. of the season, which we now thought... We're you not just got, you've got to take them, haven't you? They're yeah, they're well, ruined our chance to win the league. Yeah, it looked, it looked good. And then they played a weak team at Oxford and got beaten 4-0, and they've not recovered since. Crystal Palace defeat, should have won that. I listened to a fellow on Talk Sport, right, that rang up after that Oxford defeat. Yeah. It was one of the funniest calls I've ever heard. They kept playing it. Like, it was just ranting. You know when people just rant? It was, uh, it was absolutely superb. It was just value. Do you know what I mean? It's value. But the one, the one thing I think, I think with West Ham, it's you know whether it's whether it's the Afghanistan syndrome, Ray Winston <laughs> bubbles, whatever. It could be whatever. But there's there's something there that you just think, oh, you know, they're going to get beat, but like they're going to give it a go, aren't they? Do you know? What well, like, they, yeah, you think so. But the last few games I've watched them play, they really haven't given it a go. They're, they're trying to play too much football, mm. and they're not. They haven't got good enough players. I mean, Pellegrini was at Man City. He had the players to play beautiful football. He's at West Ham. Do you think he's, he's a good manager. He's got Mark oh, Noble. Pellegrini. I think he's a good manager, and hopefully they'll give him plenty of time to do it. But I just don't think he's got the Man City. Type I, I, of players. I thought Claudio Ranieri was a good manager until he came to Craven Cottage. <laughs> I, I thought it was. I actually thought it was the right thing yeah. for Savita to go and Ranieri to come in because it just we had the worst defence in Europe. He's a defensive manager. It, 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 sometimes it doesn't fit, does no, it? No, I'd rather have Slavin Bilic yeah. back. To be fair. really now focus on Keller Kitchens and what, what I want to try and do is, is put that into into different sections because you know it arguably is kind of a best kept secret isn't it yeah. it's arguably best kept secret so in this section we're going to talk about the history of the company and I'd like you to bring that to life I'd like to know sort of where the position of the business is now in the in the UK mm. market um, and what, what's the future? Yeah, certainly. Uh, I could give you a very quick uh, couple of bullet points as far as the history is concerned. Uh, the, uh, Keller is part of the DKG, DKG group uh, and basically that brings together two brands, Keller and, and Brunzeal. They're the two brands that have come under the DKG uh, umbrella. The group have been making kitchens for 122 years. They first started making kitchens in 1890. Did you know that, Laura Harrison? I actually did not know that. That's fascinating. Nor did I, should be <laughs> Oh, dear. Oh, Carol, Carol. <laughs> 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 yeah. yeah. And, uh, yeah, so we are not the best-known brand in the UK, but in countries like such as the home country in, in the Netherlands, we're the market leader there. Mm. This The kind of proportions we're talking about are unheard of in our industry, but we have a 70% market share. In the Netherlands, and some would say, well, the Netherlands is not uh, a massive country because it's a sixth of the size of, uh, of of the UK. Okay, so so if you've got, do you say seventy four percent, seventy percent market share, seventy percent market yeah. share? Yeah. So, so is that all for retailers? Is that direct mm. to developers? How, how does that work? How does that model work? In the Netherlands, the model is pretty uh, split down the middle. We have seventy five retailers selling the brand. Uh, in 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 the Netherlands, uh, but we are also the market leaders in contracts. So seventy percent. Uh, I'm not sure what the split is there of the seventy, but we dominate the market. Basically, Brunzeel were the were, were the biggest kitchen company in the Netherlands, 
and Keller were the second biggest. And they came together uh, in 2010 uh, when uh, Brunsiel acquired Keller and they married them together as the DKG group. So the biggest, the market leader, uh, acquired their mm. biggest competitor to dominate yeah. the market completely. Uh, we, we sell the brand, does sell into other countries, into America, into uh, Italy, Spain, Morocco, uh, and, and the UK. We're quite small in the UK. We have 65 retailers in the UK, and we are growing in the contract market. Uh, but if you ask me where, where, where was our, our biggest client base in the UK, it's certainly within the retail sector. Mm. Yeah. Uh, but we 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 That's are growing to grow though, isn't it? Yeah, we're we're looking to grow our retailer base. Mm-hmm. Uh, we want to to bring on board more more retailers, but we also uh, with contract partners, we're also uh, expanding into mm-hmm. the contract market uh, at a quite a a, a rapid rate uh, uh, right right now. So is that what is that what you help with, Nick, in, in doing what you're doing? Yeah, so I cover the southeast, sort of up to London, Kent, Sussex, Surrey, Hampshire, and my brief when I joined was to open new retail accounts, um, which I've had some success with. Would like a lot more. We are not a brand that will open six or seven showrooms in one town. If we open in a town, that we normally offer you some sort of level of exclusivity. So we're not looking to saturate the market and have 100 accounts who are all not doing much turnover. We'd rather have a decent retail account that carries stock and displays. So, mm. yeah, we're not looking to you know be like PWS and have hundreds of different showrooms. We'd rather have one or two decent ones. Mm-hmm. So that's, that's my role, is to try and bring that on and to maintain the customers we've already got. I'm actually really interested, just going back a little bit. So what does your target retail customer look like? I think what you're looking at is a fairly discerning uh, customer. What what we have is a product that sits in the middle of the market. Mm. Uh, it's a high quality product that represents good value for money, and you are looking at uh, a discerning uh, retailer that is selling kitchens, probably from the value of fifteen thousand pounds up to fifty thousand pounds. I sat in a showroom uh, in Glasgow just just last week. Uh, to be told that uh, a Keller kitchen was going into an £80,000 kitchen. Uh, that, to me, was... That's yeah. phenomenal to yeah. think that our product would be chosen to go, to into, go into such a high value. Level, yeah. uh, so we, we, we tend to be in the mid to high mid okay. segment of the market, really. But there, but there is like an image to the Keller brand, though, isn't there? Yeah. You know, and that's important, isn't it? Because they, they, have, the, you know, they have that look about them, which, which, which I guess suggests being reassuring and expensive. You know, I, I don't look at that and think, right, I can get a real, that's, I'm going to fit that into that budget. It does, it does position itself there. And, and I guess it's aspirational, isn't it? Because you talk about, the, you talk about the, the owner of the showroom. You know, that's, your, that's, that's the target retailer, the target owner who's going to choose to put your kitchens in ahead of someone else. You know, you're, you're fighting for that display and, and, and there. I, I, we often hear the conversation like the, in, from a different piece where, you know, you're working with talented showroom managers, you're working with talented designers and yeah. talented business developers. And they say, you know, I would like to work with that brand. That, that's, yeah. uh, you know, that's aspirational for them. Um, does, does that happen when with retailers, with, you know, if, if I, the business owners approach you and say, like, you know, I want it to change my offer. I want to go from this to this or... Are you taking that to them? How does those how do those conversations work? The, the difficulty 
that I experience is that whenever you go into a showroom or you're doing prospecting calls, you've got to overcome this German thing. Everybody seems to want German kitchens. Mm. Keller is a European brand. Yeah. one of the biggest manufacturer kitchens in Europe. Ab, what we offer is exactly the same as the Germans offer. Do you the mean same in terms of style? Germanic style. Right. It's European. Quality. Let's, right, not, okay. let's not call it German kitchens. They're European kitchens. Okay. We offer uh, the same things they do. They offer the same things we do. We offer a few extra bits and pieces. But it's just overcoming that hurdle of, oh, we only want German. People only ever ask for German. But there is more to life yeah. than German kitchens. There are some very good I don't think the there. conversation doesn't stop there, though, because, you know, Lara and her team get asked, you know, we only will see designers who have experience German, of yeah, designing yeah. and selling German kitchens. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, it, go, it goes across the board, uh, How frustrating is that for you sometimes? So frustrating. I mean, yeah. ultimately, what is the, the major difference? If you've got some, say, a designer, you've got a really top-quality um, designer in a showroom that's looking for a move... Um, why why does it have to be somebody that's specifically like for you guys you know why why wouldn't it be suitable from somebody it, from your it background it doesn't have to be like that I mean the, the software that most designers use let's say they use Winner is perfectly acceptable for a German kitchen as mm. it is a Keller kitchen mm. I've just converted a customer from German a local customer actually from a German kitchen supplier to us and they've got it straight away mm. I didn't, didn't it's put a week a little bit a week walking in for a week or two yeah guiding them around things, but now they're designing kitchens in the Keller package as they were the Germans. It's just exactly the same. So when you're saying that's a hurdle that you come up against, yes. how do you then go about overcoming that? What 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 tactics do you use? What are you, how are you dealing with that? Well, the, the main thing that we have going for us is mm. the fact that we do all our kitchens in one thing. Kitchens of 1,950 colours. Yeah, I so saw already, that. I did see so that. So already the ears prick when yeah. you tell people and you explain to them how that works. Any mm. door... Any colour, mm. one thousand nine hundred and fifty colours, and then they'll why, talk why about... didn't they find another fifty? You uh, would ask, uh, uh, Peter Jones. Yeah. You would ask a question Blame like NCS. that. It's, it's NCS based on the N NCS colour system, okay. and there are one thousand nine hundred and fifty. You weren't expecting an answer, were you? He shut me up. <laughs> so, <laughs> on. do you want a drink? <laughs> so that is our, I would say that is apart from that, we are a carbon neutral kitchen. The first thing I will always concentrate on mm. is the colours that we do. The one thousand nine hundred and fifty mm -hmm. colours. The build quality of our kitchens is the same quality as the Germans, the same carcasses. Mm -hmm. And then I always chuck in the fact that we are a carbon neutral kitchen. So we are a very, very green kitchen. We are probably mm. the greenest kitchen manufacturer in Europe. And then the next thing that comes up is always price. So what you do is you try and compare prices. And you'll be surprised how much extra money people can make on a Kelly kitchen over a, a German kitchen. And they're always pleasantly surprised. So you find those are the, the those are kind of your key selling points for. It's yeah, you've got a product there that competes well on mm. on quality, and I have to say, now I've had the chance to compare our product. Our product is actually really? higher spec yeah. than many of our yeah. German co competitors. But 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 humans, you know, you, you a retail purchase is it, it, it it's subjective, isn't it? Do you know what I mean? So so if people believe something's something's good value and it's it, yeah, it's, it's at that, yeah. it's there. You know, you I mean, I guess you know, I look at the the way the price point price point is, and it's kind of like reassuringly expensive, isn't it? You yeah. Know, if you're yeah. if you're talking to a developer who's who's putting like eight or ten, you know, good project good properties into a development, and they want a, they want a certain look and they want it to to stand out. I would suggest you've got the offer and you've got the range that, that can win those win that work. We, we have, and, and against quite a broad spread as well. Mm. And this comes to largely a lot of the experience we have in, in the home market of the, of, of the Netherlands there. 
we have a product that can work as well in affordable housing yeah. and even things mm. like student accommodation as well as stepping up to going through the levels mm. to a more luxurious kitchen mm -hmm. for, for somebody who's got a higher budget to spend. So from a contract point of view, we've got a perfect proposition that gives us the stretch that you don't tend to get with many of the other brands, in, in, all, in all honesty. And that's one of the, the key things about Keller is, is the way we are a little bit more flexible because we are a little bit smaller than some of our big competitors and we're able to uh, be able to um, give uh, a better stretch of product, a better band of, 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 of product for different budgets. Yeah. So you, you, um, when, we, when we got the, the details through, if you guys were coming, myself and Lara were talking all about KBB and, and you know, you just touched on it there, but, you know, we've we got it written up on the big wall out there. Yeah. The, you know, the next to Blue Moon and MCFC. We did actually do some, some yeah. business stuff in there. Yeah. But, it, but you like that, Lara, didn't you? Small enough to care, big enough to deliver. Yeah, I think that's line. a really yeah. a great message. And I th I like I, you said as well, didn't you, that really does sum you guys up. Yeah, I think it's not just, I mean, as Nick touched on there, there is a massive range of products. You can imagine, if you say to somebody, we can offer you a kitchen in 1,950 colours, we can also paint the handles in the same colours. Mm. They are things that nobody else, else is doing. Is doing. Mm. But then you'll say to them, and when you want that colour on that kitchen, you can have six different finishes. And how would you like it lacquered? Do you want structured lacquer? Do you want matte lacquer? Do you want high gloss lacquer? So the permutations are unlimited. So that there, we're only talking about colour and finish. But very few manufacturers could make a cabinet to a specific size other than the standard sizes. Yeah. We, that comes into that, that, that um, uh, work, you know, the phrase you just used there. We can make a cabinet to any size, bespoke size. So, so, for, so you know, and Laura, you, you, you work with designers every single day, all right? They're, 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 they're some, of, some of our biggest demographic in terms of listeners and connections. You know, that, that would appeal to me if I was a designer, having that, you know, being, being, being able as, to be I think as a designer, that. you'd be looking at it thinking, that gives me great opportunity to make sales. That's how I'd be looking at it. Like, mm. you've, you've got such a, such a great opportunity. And I guess it's kind of the same as how you're... Your retail um, customers are looking at that. Like the opportunity is massive there. Yeah, that's what I think. Yeah, I, I'd like to think that we have we have a new tagline for the business, and the tagline is the personal kitchen. And I think that also mm. quite sums it up because you're at, you're actually having the opportunity to have what you want in the kitchen. But for me, I want to address the design, the designer side of the market because yeah. what we're giving them is our kitchen is only limited to their imagination in terms of the colours, the finishes, the sizes. Uh, we do all of the things that everybody else does, but then we take it to another level by the fact that we're giving more choice and more possibilities. Big thank you to Keller Kitchens, who are guests on the show and sponsors of today's episode. For Keller Kitchens, making beautiful kitchens is not their biggest challenge. On the other hand, making beautiful, accessible kitchens that are 100% carbon neutral is their biggest challenge and it brings out the very best in them. Keller's passion is to create splendid kitchens. This passion drives them on each and every day. Their kitchens are manufactured with enthusiasm that's evident in every square metre of their factory. They're available in 1,950 colours, in numerous finishes, and they are only limited by your imagination. 
contact Keller today for more information on becoming an exclusive retail or contract partner. Keller Kitchens, KBB's best kept secret. With the political situation, so you know, on behalf of Lara's little boy, baby Boris, as we call him, because <laughs> yeah. he, uh, he, I mean, she showed you the photo. Right? I, yeah. I say this because she yeah. says it. I yeah. wouldn't I, just. I know, yeah, no, yeah. it's definitely. I just want people to realise that there, there's a method behind it, and he's featured in a couple of our podcasts, hasn't he, Rupert? Yes. Hello, Rupert. Does he listen? Um, I mean, he's he's nearly. Does Ava? So does Ava listen? Ava's an avid listener. Ava's an avid fan. That's good. Yeah. I, I recruit any listener I can, regardless of age, gender, <laughs> you know, stereotype, whatever. But but you know, have you? Got a strategy for post Brexit? Have you, you know, what, what, you know, th- th- being absolutely sober and serious at that, it's affecting me as a business owner. You know, I've seen recruitment put on hold, I've seen appointments be cancelled, you know, I've seen that, and that's in merchanting, manufacturing, and in, and in sort of, you know, show- showroom type position. So, so well, it's well, it's well, Brexit. Slightly... I'll, I'll do the grassroots. Yeah, no, so I'll, I'll, I'll do the grassroots. We'll split it into two. I'm you do the, grassroots. I'm the grassroots. Yeah. And obviously, my job is to. He's better than the people. I'm a man of people. So, my job is to visit prospect calls. I would say it's very, very hard now. You'll go in there and you'll give them the good offering, but people don't want to make any changes until they know until exactly they know what's, what's going happening. on. We were with a customer this morning and they've got potentially got a very big project for us, but this company wants to put everything on hold until they know exactly what's going on with Brexit. So we're kind of in limbo at the moment. Nobody knows what to do. Nobody wants to make any changes. And it is quite frustrating. I mean, really, all we want to do is just, just get on with it, either go one way or the other. Once we know, then we can start planning. People then might start thinking about moving to Keller and some of these projects might start coming through. But at the moment, it's just very frustrating because... Nobody knows. Yeah. It's just, yeah, we're all thinking, well, October the 31st, it's going to happen. Now it's not going to happen. Mm. It's just, please, just let us know what's going on. Yeah, and then we can all plan, we can all move on, and it, make life easier. So prospecting calls at the moment, it's very little point in it's doing it. It's a real yeah. tough one to challenge like that, isn't it? I mean, yeah. from, you know, I'm, I'm a salesman. Yeah, so, are, yeah. so, so, so I'm just, you know, it, it, it's an impossible one to challenge yeah. because, you, you know, you... If, if someone is not going to make a decision until a point in time when they yeah. they understand, it is that you actually have to wait patiently. It's also yeah. com- it's and, and you're proud, aren't you? You're, like, you're almost like proud, you know. So you, yeah. you you want to be a friend and you want them to remember you, but you, it sometimes be waiting patiently is is the is the darker art of selling. Yeah, I do yeah. think some people do use it as a bit of an excuse. But I do think it not is not genuine. to drive margin down. Or get no, a deal no, no, no. I do think it is. <laughs> but it is definitely think, it's um, definitely an issue. And all my colleagues, we speak mm. regularly. All got the same problem. Visited somebody today. So yeah, as a as somebody who manages the sales team, I would always look at this from a different perspective. And the 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 perspective is, we are tiny in this market, so there's always market Mm. share to, to to chase. And but I would say that we're in a market where all of our competitors, in the competitor arena have got similar challenges mm. because mm. they're all continental yeah, absolutely. brands. And anybody that's manufacturing here in the UK, they buy their products from a continent. They're buying their boards, they buy their fittings, their draw boxes. I mean, I'm quite naive. You know, I don't think certain German badge cars are not going to sell in this country post-Brexit. I, I, don't, I don't believe if someone wants 10 kitchens, they're not going to consider one from the Netherlands or Italy yeah. or whatever post you know whatever so, so 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 the world will still turn with or without yeah. with or without the stability but but it it, it 
you do get, and I'm not the most critical of people, but but you are getting to a point in time where you're saying, look, like, come on, yeah, yeah. you know, can, can we get what, one now? thing that we are seeing, and, and I'm sorry, this is this, I'm agreeing with uh, something going back to the something that Nick said here. You agree with me? Yeah, no, I do. I do. <laughs> I agree. We'll keep this in the show, but we'll make you your own special Fantastic. recording of yeah. it, mate. Play sounds, mate. Yeah, no, something I'd agree with, and and this is this is the challenge. You, we are seeing a downturn with some of our retailers right now because people who are at the grassroots uh, uh, who are, are selling kitchens, they're seeing low, lower footfall right now because there's every excuse not, not to buy a kitchen. So for us, it's a constant conveyor belt. We've got to keep bringing new dealers on, 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 on onto the business, but then work hard to keep them on. Once we've got them on board, and the, 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 the typical Keller retailer has probably been selling the product for 30 years in the UK. So we've, we have that kind of um, uh, loyalty and uh, foundation for our, for our business where, you know, there's a good chunk of our 65 dealers have been doing the brand for, for, for 20 and, 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 and 30 years. Nick, Tim, that's absolutely brilliant. Did you enjoy that, Laura? I did. It's a great section of the show. And they've given us an insight into KBB's Best Kept Secret who are small enough to care and big enough to deliver. For many years, the hiring process in KBB and construction supplies has remained static. That is, until now. Boyne Jones Video is quickly transforming the historical and somewhat boring approach to recruitment often seen in our sectors. The introduction of video software built and specifically designed for the recruitment process is revolutionising the way forward-thinking employers attract and engage new staff. Working with Foyne Jones will give you the access to the best candidates, improve pre-screening, reduce your time to hire and save you money. Video is the future of recruitment. It's so much more powerful than a CV. Visit foynejones.com for all the details. We are Foyne Jones. This is what we do. So, we have got two people taking part in a penalty shootout today. And I've got some questions. Guys, are nervous? Is there a oh, no. I'm more <laughs> nervous about this. Yes, than yes. Oh, yes, there is. Yes, yes, there, there, is, a, there is a surprise, okay? Uh, the good thing is it's really not any right or wrong answers. I just decide whether you scored or not, depending on your answer. Um, but, but the penalty shootout we brought in, and it just brings things to life. It's quick fire. There's no right or wrong. I'm going to ask you five questions about football. They will be Manchester City. Blue Moon, I saw you standing alone, and I'm forever bowing bubbles, West Ham related. Penalty number one. Oh, that's so good, love. That's so good. <laughs> okay, Nick, what was your first match? Uh, West Ham versus QPR, left early because the game was foggy. Okay, I might say we saved that because you mentioned the team from Shepherd's Bush. But okay, so West Ham for a foggy, a foggy evening. 1976, my dad took me to London and it was foggy, so he said, right, we're going home, so I missed the last 15 minutes. Good days. Yeah. I, mean, I mean, that's great parenting. You know, it's great, great parenting. Um, oh, can I tell you one yeah. story now? Go on, mate. So my, only other match my dad took me to was Brighton versus... Juggle the ball. Was Brighton <laughs> at the Goldstone. And um, it was Teddy Maybank's debut for Brighton. Ex-Fulimpa. The crowd packed out Brighton. Ex-Fulimpa. full of... I know, good player. No, well. Ex-Fulimpa. I know, we heard you. <laughs> so I was only there. I was about... Did he play for man? And Chelsea. Yeah. 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 Uh, so I, got, uh, I went... And I met him at Brighton Dog Track once. But anyway, let's I, went, I went away with a friend to go somewhere. Packed out, 32,000. My dad got to the very front. He was standing next to a, a work colleague. 
and all of a sudden he got a message over the police tannoy saying, please can you come and find your son, because I got lost. So we had to walk all the way back up to the top. <laughs> he found me, dragged me by the scruff of my neck and took me out of the game. If that was, Dom- if that was Dominic, we just left him and Absolutely. watched the game. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. If that was Harry and Henry, I'll just run through yeah. yeah. you. Yeah. You're in care, so, right? We missed the game. So yeah, my dad's two matches. Yeah. Hey, actually, actually, why don't you talk about that? Um, Aqua Park, Fungarola, that's how we roll, rock and roll, do you know yeah. what I mean? Um, embarrassingly enough, Henry and Harry had to send the message out saying, uh, Peter, Mr. Jones, Mr. Jones, you've, you've lost your children, they're looking for you. I was at the bar. You lost both of them. Yeah, no, 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 oh, that's, that's skillful. That's, that's, that's skillful, yeah. that is. Yeah, that's terrible. We lost one. Okay. I mean, with, with, the, with the Teddy May Bay, with the being left at the football, we'll turn that one into a goal. All right, so he's, you know, he scored the rebound, which you can't do in a shootout. Yeah. VAR, that went to VAR. Yeah. Um, what was your first match? You mentioned it before. Yeah, first match. Uh, begin to show my age a little bit here. 1968-69 season. I went to the last game of the season when Manchester City beat Newcastle to win the First Division Championship mm. uh, for, for, for the first time. So uh, my Manchester United supporters, friends and colleagues who accused me of being a glory hunter, trust me, that my first game was 1968. I've been a City supporter ever since. Penalty number two. <laughs> okay, favourite player, Nick. Uh, good, uh, Trevor Brooking. Sir Trev. And my youngest, his name is Isaac Allen Brooking. I remember Isaac. How old is he now? He's fifteen and six foot three. I mean, I still think he's about about three uh, foot. He's, yeah, he's huge. He's a yeah. unit. We stay in touch. Yeah. 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 <laughs> uh, uh, favourite player today, uh, David Silva. Oh yeah. Okay. An absolute magician. I think he's. Potentially, he's possibly the best player that's ever played in the Premier League. I actually know who he is as well. So, that's like two goals. No, I know who he is. Never heard of Trevor Brooking. If I went back to the past, I'd say Colin Bell. Colin Bell. Okay, see, see, that's the nostalgia bringing Colin Bell in. So, oh, that's your bit, Laura. Penalty number three. It's really good. Yeah, you, you could be, like, be the one in the queues at the supermarket actually, or the cashiers. And you threw it on me last minute because you didn't yeah. warn me about this before no. in the pre-podcast meeting. So I think I'm actually. You're lucky I turned it. up to the pre-podcast. Oh meeting. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, bowling ground or the athletics track? Bowling ground every single time. I knew you'd say that, but this this could be a different one. Main road or the Etihad? I have to say the Etihad now. It took some getting used to, but now I've got, got used to it. And Nick, if only you, you bothered to stray out to a game there at the new ground, you might go grow to like it one day. Not bad eyes, we'll get a sick game. Yeah. Okay. Penalty number four. As a West Ham fan, yeah. what would you say has been your most special moment? Oh, 1980 Cup final, Trevor Brooking header against Arsenal. Sitting, leaning against my sofa, and my auntie Pam phoned me up to say, "Good old auntie Pam." Yeah, I knew you'd say something like that. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I love someone. Yeah. When you mention your nan, I'm like, "Oh yeah. no!" My nan was like the Catherine Tate nan. Oh. All right, so so it wasn't always a pleasant experience. I can believe that. Yeah, I'm telling. You. Okay, best moment as a fan. Most special moment. I would say 2011-12 season when I sat about. 12 feet away from Aguero when he scored the goal. That moment. That, that, yeah. that Aguero moment. Uh, I took my partner along with me, who professed to be a Man United supporter, but she turned up that day with a sky blue coat on. We drive into the, to, to the game and she says to me, oh, you must be excited. You're going to win the Premier League today. And I turned to her and I said to her, no, this is Man City. We're going to cock up and we're not, we're not going to win it. And with those couple of minutes to go, I turned to her and I had my head in my hands and she said to me, God, you were right, weren't you? You're not going to win it. And then, obviously, we, we know what happened <laughs> afterwards. So that was my my favourite moment because 
Aguero, we were actually sat just behind that goal about three, four rows yeah. back. Uh, that I mean, I, mean I, I'm not a Man City fan. I'm, you know, I'm, my 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 loyalties are very obvious. But but I remember watching that unfold in yeah. my living room, you know, with the boys and that, and and actually like. Watching that unfold, so it's going to like the Man United players are celebrating. Yeah. It's going back. Joey Barton's having a fight with someone. It was like yeah. it was just a crazy. Even Mario got involved with a little pass to Aguero, didn't you, he? Man, you've just reminded me of my actual favourite moment. Watching match of the day. Watching match of the day when Alex Ferguson turned to Phil Jones. Yeah. And some of the captions that were on that picture for days afterwards, such as you know. I bought you and they bought Aguero yeah. and all of those, uh, you know, those uh, those captions that, that, that appeared. But that was my actual favourite moment, the face of Alex Ferguson turning to uh, Phil Jones. It's, it's, it's getting tight, but I, I, I think like, like Tim's slightly ahead in the shootout. I think he's slightly ahead with a couple of these moments. Really? Sorry, sorry, Nick. It's just, you know, I mean, Arnie Pound, gave, Arnie well. Pound gave you a nice call, but he was like 11 feet away from Aguero's goal. I've, yeah, got a... I've been to, I've been to uh, West Ham's <laughs> playoff. There you go. Well, he's fighting back. Okay. Yeah. Right, well, we've got one more question. Okay. Penalty number five. Okay, so uh, we'll just we'll just we'll just call it out. Is are you going to win the Premier League or Champions League or both, Tim? I'd like to win both, but I think we're going to win the Champions League this season okay. and finish second. All right. So sadly, so <laughs> for some reason I've changed the shootout order. Just just same uh, question to me. You can do it. <laughs> no, no, no. What do you think, Manchester City? Pep's team um, will achieve this year. I don't think they'll win anything other than probably the domestic cups. Liverpool will win the league, and I've got a funny feeling there might be a surprise in the Champions League. What West Ham? Yeah, <laughs> late entry. You've got, you got to qualify. For I the think League. that Juventus <laughs> will probably win the Champions League this year. Sorry, sorry, Tim. No, no, it's uh, it's that Ronaldo factor. Okay. Isn't it? I mean, for me, Tim, Tim's edged it five four. He's edged it five four. I cannot Ooh. see Man City not winning, not winning one and one and a big, big Premier League or Champions League. I just can't see it. Well, but we'll come we back here I actually feel that this is Guardiola's last season at Man City. That's my worry as a City supporter. I hope he's creating a dynasty to to go forward. And I hope who would you replace him with? Scott Parker, Mik- Mikhail Arteta. I think we're grooming Arteta to be the next manager. That. Scott, he's at the wheel. I mean, he's doing all right. I mean, he, he looks really smart every week, which is always Lovely important. Man. He polishes his shoes. He's a model pro. Good player. He just, I mean, maybe when Hector, because we signed him after the window, which yeah. is great business. You know, we bought him after the window had closed and just let him try and not play. We still need a centre half, but we're um, we got a chance. Why does Mitrovic stay with you? Because he loves Fulham and and he goes to the same restaurant, the Serbian restaurant in Fulham as Nanny Martha, my mother in law. He got hat trick last night. He got hat trick last night. He got hat trick. He got He's scored 11 goals this season. He is he is talismanic. He is. um, I put an update out on LinkedIn because I put everything down to football. This was genius. There's a photo of him diving to head the ball into the goal and he gets boot in head, uh, boot back around your head. So his face is crushed. Ball's gone in. It's an amazing photo. So you know, so I put that photo out with you know, and I've just put Fulham got it one hundred, got their recruitment one hundred percent right mm-hmm. with the signing of Alexander Mitrovic. Fed a lot loved by the fans. He scores goals. He puts his body and face on the line. You know, how often do you, as an employer, get your recruitment right? How many bad decisions you make? Work with us at Floyd Jones because we can help you make your decisions better.
So, Laura, wouldn't you agree these these guys have been great guests? They have been fantastic. You enjoy being co-host? I do. Am the I the penalty number one was amazing. Just say, say it once more for us. Penalty number one. There you go, look, penalty number one. <laughs> but, but you know, I think from, from, my, from my ability to... I mean, look, I'm going to mention the Lilo again. I'm still, I'm still in bits. Oh, no. I'm going to send you one. I'm just going to get... I'm going to send you one. Um, okay. From our perspective, we bring people on because we want to get to know them as people. I think if you go beyond the badge and the name and the company and you get to know the humans, it actually it makes the show exciting, it makes the business exciting. People will deal with people, we buy off people. The world, sadly, is full of lots of forgettable people. We have people here that are both rememberable for, rememberable for very, very different reasons. <laughs> um, from a Keller Kitchens... Tim Span, Nick Heater perspective, thank you so much for coming on. That's from us thank to you. you. Thank the you. floor thank you. is yours. The podcast is yours. Is there anything you want to say to the listeners? I think what, what, what I would like to say, we're looking for partners right now. Uh, we're looking for retail partners and we're looking for co- contract partners. And we'd be delighted to hear from any of you. I think what we can offer you with Keller, touching back on some of the points, we've got a lean, agile business. We have the product range. We have possibly the biggest uh, range on offer in the whole of the kitchen uh, industry. We have a high quality product, but more than anything, we've got the people, we've got the enthusiasm, and we will be around for a long time to come. uh, And we are looking for people that are looking for a product that would give them the edge uh, and uh, grow their business and work with them in partnership uh, to, 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 to grow the business. So, do you like to add to no, that? No, I agree with what you said. Obviously, our bullet points are 1,950 colours, carbon neutral, and just a very good quality brand. And you're not just an account number with us. We actually know your name. When you phone us up, we'll talk to you about everything going on in your life. We're not, you're not just a number. So, yeah, we'd be happy to speak to anybody that's looking to upgrade their showrooms. Quite powerful, really, isn't it? There's, there's, it really there's is. personality, there's passion, there's belief, and they even bought a jar of marmalade for me. So, so I'm, I'm, I'm a <laughs> big fan. Uh, guys, thanks so much for coming on the show. Lara, thanks for co-hosting. That is going to end the first episode of our second series. Thank you very much. Wahoo. So that's the end of the show. Thanks for listening. You can find out more about Foyne Jones by visiting our website or connecting with me on LinkedIn. We are Foyne Jones. This is what we do.